What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, July 11th. Presidential candidate Larry Elder joins me on the podcast today. We're going to talk about his campaign, the fatherless epidemic in America, and what could be done to solve it from the White House. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Uh, thank you for joining me on the broadcast here. If you're watching live on Rumble, please share the broadcast. We get as many people in here onto the live as possible. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please rate, review. Let's help push the podcast up in the rankings, get it noticed. I've been blessed to have so much support from you guys. We're about a month underway here, and uh, the support has been great. The guests have been unbelievable. If you missed out on last week, I had Carrie Lake was here, I had David Harris Jr. So if you missed those and you're here on Rumble on the channel, just flip it back to same thing on Apple or Spotify. Go back a couple episodes and you'll see the interviews from last week. And today that continues. I got a tremendous guest. It's a big honor. Larry Elder joins me on the podcast today. Larry Elder is a presidential candidate, and he is a guy I have wanted to speak to for a long time because he, just like I am, he is so passionate about the fatherless crisis and trying to solve this epidemic that's in our country. Look around our country today, and what do you see are the biggest problems? What do you see? Right? We see the crime. We see the homelessness. Those are the two that stick out right out of the gate for me anyway, especially if you're in a Democrat city. Then you've seen it more than anybody has seen it. But the crime is out of control and the homelessness is disgusting. And both of those things are outgrowths of the fatherless crisis that we have in our country. It's the number one social issue that's going on. And you're never going to solve these problems of crime and of homelessness if you don't get dads back in the home. If we don't heal our nuclear family units, none of this stuff is going to change. Of course, it's linked to everything else. High school dropouts, teenage pregnancies, teenage suicide. All across the board, you can connect the dots to the father not being in the home. So I, I couldn't be happier... I've been wanting to talk to him for such a long time. I love the fact that he brings awareness to this issue. Nobody's more passionate about it than Larry Elder. And, and he is bringing it to his presidential campaign as well. And he would love to bring it to the debate stage. You'll hear him talk about it, uh, I'm sure. But go over to elderforpresident.com and help Larry Elder get to the debate stage. We need to get him on there because he is the one that is going to really highlight the fact that the fatherless crisis is such an epidemic in this country. I've dedicated so much of my time talking about it strictly because I really in my heart believe that if we could solve this problem, 90% of the trouble we are seeing across the country would dissolve very quickly. Today's podcast is being brought to you by MyPillow. Get over to MyPillow.com. Uh, Mike's got this 20th anniversary sale going on over there. I think he's got the lowest price on the original MyPillow. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD to get a savings on everything on the account, over there on, on, the, uh, on the website. The mattress topper, my personal favorite. I've got so many MyPillow products in the house. Mike has sent me everything. The thing I love the most is this mattress topper. If you've never slept on it before, you are truly missing out. I guarantee it will change the way you sleep forever. The MyPillow, love it. The slippers, the best. The bathrobe, comfortable as hell. 
Nothing beats this mattress topper. Get over to MyPillow.com. Everything is for sale right now. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD to maximize your savings. All right, so I don't want to waste any more time here. I really want to get right to this. Uh, Larry Elder joining me here on the Alec Lay Show. He's in the Zoom room. So let's get this going. Let me bring him in. Joining me now, Larry Elder. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Alex, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I've been dying to talk to you for a long time. This is an honor for me to have you here, Larry. Uh, you know, just starting off, I know this is a big thing with you. It's a huge thing with me. In my opinion, the number one social issue in our country is the fatherless crisis. Uh, we have too many fathers have been removed from the home. And you combine that with the Heavenly Father being removed from our society. Those two things, I think, are the key that if we could get dads back in the home and get our Heavenly Father back in society, those two things would solve 90% of the problems we're seeing in our, in our country right now. What's your take? I couldn't agree with you more, Alec. That is why I'm running for president. I'm running as an America first, make America great again guy on, you know, you name the issues on the economy, on inflation, on gas prices. But we also need to put front and center the 10,000 pound elephant in the room. You just now mentioned it. The epidemic of fatherlessness. 40% of American kids today enter the world without a father in the home married to the mother. That's up threefold from 1965. In fact, 70% of black kids now enter the world without a father in the home married to the mother, up from 25% back in 1965. What happened? Uh, a, a Democrat named Lyndon Johnson launched a so-called war on poverty. Since then, we spent over $20 trillion and what it's done, Alec, is it has incentivized uh, women to marry the government and has incentivized men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility. And you know the stats. If you're raised without a dad, you're five times more likely to be poor and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of school, and 20 times more likely to end up in jail. And we don't talk enough about it. Our side, meaning conservatives, don't talk about it because I think they fear if you raise it, you're going to be called a racist. If you're, if you're Black, like I am, you're called the Black face of white supremacy. And the left doesn't want to talk about it because they caused it uh, with the welfare state. Uh, and you are right. All these other probably talk about, whether it's crime, whether it's dropout uh, of school, not being productive. Uh, these are all downstream from not having a father in the home. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I go down to CPAC quite a bit and I, I interview with the, all, all the dads that are there. And, I, and, you know, everyone talks about all these different political issues and they avoid talking about this. And without it, they, none of the other stuff matters. I mean, we see the homelessness and crime, I think, are the two biggest things right now that are driving people away from cities in America. And you can't address either one of them without addressing the fatherless crisis. So I, I did an interview with Ron DeSantis right after he did last year, the uh, Fatherhood Initiative Bill, uh, which was giving grants to organizations that were helping out fathers. And I, I wish more governors in our country would start to do things like that. But I know there's only so much that can be done from the political standpoint. So as president, what can be done to address this problem of the fatherless epidemic? Well, the government is what caused the problem in the first place. The government certainly cannot solve it. Uh, what I am urging people to do, I, I'm the baby boomer generation. Alec. My generation is either retiring or soon will retire. And as you can see, I'm vigorous. I'm alert. And many of these men have raised their children, have nurtured their grandchildren. They have life wisdom. They should get involved. Every single kid in America who does not have a father needs to have a mentor. Uh, I, I liken it to um, Alcoholics Anonymous, where everybody who's a recovering alcoholic has a sponsor, somebody who's in their life they can call on to lean on for advice, for guidance and counsel. Every single kid who's raised in America without a dad should have someone like that that they can call. 
And virtually every uh, town, town and big city has organizations, if only your, your house of worship, your church, that are getting involved doing this kind of work. Out here in LA, there's something called the Bond, Brotherhood of a New Destiny, led by a friend of mine named Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson, my pastor named Jack Hitz. He had a program with kids where people are going door to door. I was just in New York, Alec, uh, and I in, in a restaurant, somebody walks up to me and says, you and I go to the same church the Calvary Chapel Church in, in Chino Hills, California. He says, I'm here on, on a mission. So what are you doing? He said, we're going door to door in Harlem, talking to kids who do not have fathers. Uh, there's an organization um, uh, in DC called the Bob Woodson Center. They're all over the place and they need resources. They need bodies and I'm urging people to get involved. The second thing is this, we spend a lot of money on welfare programs, federal dollars. As a taxpayer, I ought to, I ought to be able to direct that money on my tax return to organizations in my own community, often churches, where people are doing this, where the results are going to be far more effective, where I know the people who are doing this kind of work. And instead of the money going to D.C., being spent inefficiently uh, and creating dependency, there was a, a poll in the mid-80s L.A. Times. They asked people who were on welfare, whether or not welfare was a stepping stone that was temporary, that led you to, to independence, or whether it was a crutch that created dependency. More called it a crutch than said called it a stepping stone. So these are the people who know the best what's going on, and they're telling you this does not work. You're giving, you're incentivizing bad behavior and therefore creating more bad behavior. I'll give you another, another a little thing. There's a religious writer named James Robeson, Alec. He wrote a book called My Father's Face. And he talks about a prison chaplain who decided to improve morale. So it's Mother's Day. He went to one of the big greeting card companies and got 500 free greeting cards to give to the men and gave them to the men. And uh, they sent them all to their mothers and morale did improve. Father's Day turned around. You know where I'm going with this story. Went to the same place, got 500 cards, went back to the prison. Not a single one, not one wanted to fill one out and send it to his dad. Not a single one had any kind of relationship with their father. There's a strong connection between people who are in prison uh, and people who do not have a, any kind of relationship with their own father. Yeah, well said, Larry. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things, and I'm sure you get this too, one of the bl big blowbacks that I do get, my emails will fill up sometimes from single moms that are raising their kids out there. And they'll, they'll and it's never an attack on single moms. Right. And I, I try to answer it in this way and say, you know, my grandfather smoked every day of his life till he was 86, never had a health problem. That doesn't mean that smoking is incentivized. We should all do that. Like, there, there's always outliers to this case, but not every kid that grows up without a father is going to end up in prison. But the overwhelming majority, of kids that are in prison are coming from these fatherless households. And, and what's interesting is I, I think one of the keys to this is the family court system. Because I get the single mom emails is one. The second biggest email that I get, or maybe even tops now, is from the dad that's lost all his money been humiliated in the family court system and cannot get custody with his kid. The family court system has become so corrupt. And I right. think that is one of the big, big players here that's adding to this fatherless crisis. You have good dads out there that are trying to be involved in their kids and the state is not letting them. And now we even see where if the father doesn't agree with the kid's gender change, he's not even allowed to see the kid. So can something be done? So, you know, we talk about dismantling the police department. Uh, the, these crazy people want to defund the police. Maybe we could defund or reimagine the family court system. What's your take on that? I, I think you're right. There's a there's a pastor named Vody Bauckham. He talks a lot about this. Uh, and you're right. This is not an attack on single moms who are doing their best, often working two jobs, trying to raise kids. And it's hard to raise a boy because at some point when he's 11, 12, 13, physically he becomes so strong, you can't intimidate him anymore if you're, if you're a female. 
Uh, and he says, but the, but, the, but the worst thing to do is to communicate to your kid, your son or your daughter, that this is normal, this is regular, that he or she is better off not having a responsible father in the, in the home. Otherwise, you're going to repeat the cycle. Uh, Tupac Shakur once said, I know for a fact that I would have, if I had, if I had had a father in my life, I would have been more disciplined. I would have been more confident. And he went on to talk about how difficult it is for a, a, a mother to raise a son. Uh, and um, you know, of course, it's not a death sentence. My father never knew his biological father. Uh, my last name, Elder, was a name who was a man who was in his life the longest, three or four or five years. He was an alcoholic who physically uh, abused his mother. Physically would would attack him uh, if he tried to stop it. My dad comes home at the age of 13 and starts quarreling with his mom's then boyfriend. Elder was long gone. Uh, his mother sided with the boyfriend and threw my dad out of the house. You're talking about a 13-year-old black boy, Jim Crow South at the beginning of the Great Depression, eighth grade education. My dad ended up cleaning toilets, two full-time jobs cleaning toilets, went to school to get his night, uh, get his GED, and then went to trade school, learned how to operate a small restaurant. In his late 40s, started a restaurant, which he ran until his 80s. When my dad retired, Alec, he owned that piece of property, property next door, plus the home that's still in our family. So my dad retired, and he was about a, a millionaire. Uh, but he always believed in hard work, accountability, not blaming other people. And I often ask him, who was your role model? Who gave you guidance? He had nobody, not an uncle, not a, not, not a nephew, not, not an aunt, not a pastor, nobody. He just did it on his own. So it's possible to do things on your own. It's just much, much harder. Yeah, and I think the problem with that, too, is when that influence does come from the street and it's hard to turn around and you don't have the father there to discipline you enough to tell you, hey, don't get involved with these guys. That's where it goes out, because some guys that don't, they find that father figure maybe in the military or they find it through a coach or a teacher or, or right. a pastor. But it's one of the ones that are finding it in the street. And that's where that's where the, the problem seems to really begin. And just just to pick on what you said there before, when you said you're the, the black face of white supremacy, we see this uh, from the left. I remember when you were running in, in California for governor, someone in a <laughs> monkey mask threw an egg at you and i right. couldn't believe that that media wasn't in an uproar over it we see no. things like but when you see things like president joe biden saying like if you don't vote for me then you're not black and nobody calls him on it so what number two things here number one why is it okay for the left to be as racist as they want towards conservative blacks and then why in the world do black america continue to vote for democrats despite the fact that nothing's changed in the black community for the last 40 years as to your first question, why uh, does this go on? Because I represent a direct threat to the left. The left is all about racism, racism, racism. The man's holding you back. We need critical race theory. We need reparations. Uh, white people ought to be apologizing for stuff they never did. Uh, I refute that. I say work hard, get an education, uh, don't whine, invest in yourself, you'll be just fine in America. That's why Haitians right now, as we speak, Alec, are lining up to get a lottery ticket just to come to this country. Uh, that, that's why. Uh, as for why Blacks aren't insulted by this, you tell me why. I remember when Joe Biden said to Charlemagne the God, you ain't really Black unless you want to vote for me. He wasn't even insulted. I, I went off on, on my radio show about that. I played it over and over again. The man wasn't even insulted. Here he is telling you how to be black. This guy is from Delaware uh, and lied about his civil rights record for decades, claimed that he's segregated restaurants and movie theaters in Delaware. No evidence he ever did any of that stuff. Always playing the race card. Uh, said that Mitt Romney wanted to put y'all back in chains. Says this kind of crap over and over and over again. And black people aren't even insulted. I have no idea. All I know is that they've got to get black people angry and thinking about social justice. Uh, and about what, what the white man has done to black people in order to get black people to pull that lever for the Democratic Party because they've successfully uh, 
characterize themselves as wearing the white hat in the fight for social justice. And these dastardly Republicans over here, they wear the black hat. And they've been able to pull that stunt. And why it is that Black people continue to fall for it, I have no idea. But that's one of the many things I talk about on, on my campaign. And, and, and you mentioned, too, that 70 percent of, of Black children are being born without a father in the home to an unwed mother. And when you had the big uprise of Black Lives Matter, their direct mission statement, and I know you've addressed this uh, a ton of times, was that they seek to destroy the nuclear family unit, to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family unit. How in the world could that possibly benefit a community that's already suffering from a fatherless crisis, yet Millions of people were donating to it. Now, everybody, we, most people knew it was a scam from the jump, but it took people a while to realize when they started buying mansions and all this other stuff and then went bankrupt, that, oh, maybe this was a scam. Then we see the LGBTQ community. They're another community that's against the nuclear family unit. So it's, it's like the, the attack on the nuclear family, it's already in, in, in struggle, but they just keep piling on. And it's, it, it's so hard to see how in the world we are going to get it back to where we can have families again, fathers in the home, and get our families heal. It almost seems like such an impossible task. That's why I did my documentaries. I don't know if you've seen them. Uncle Tom 1 and Uncle Tom 2. Uh, Uncle Tom 1 talks about how Black people continued moving forward after slavery in the face of Jim Crow and the face of KKK. 1940, 87% of Blacks lived below the poverty line. 1960, 20 uh, years later, that number had fallen to 47%. That's a 40-point drop in 20 years. The greatest 20-year period of economic growth in the history of Black America. Why? Because it was rare for a kid to be raised without a father, a strong belief in Judeo-Christian values, a strong belief in entrepreneurship, a strong belief in patriotism, even if uh, these values were not being applied properly to Black people. Fast forward, as you pointed out, Black Lives Matter attacks every one of these things. Uh, they attack the nuclear family, they did on their website. Uh, they attack religion. Uh, the, the founders are self-described trained Marxists. Marxists uh, was an atheist who wanted to dethrone God. And by definition, Marx did not believe in private property, did not believe in entrepreneurship. So every single thing that allowed Black people to continue moving forward in the face of horrific struggles is now under attack by, the, by Black Lives Matter. And speaking of the left, Alex, one more thing we need to talk about. And that is the fact that we have an, an, a, a crisis in government schools, urban government schools. 13 public high schools where 0% of kids can do math at grade level. I kid you not. Another half a dozen, only 1% can. That's half of all the public high schools in Baltimore, all located in the inner city, where either 0%, only 1% can do math at grade level. Chicago, 53 government schools, 0% of the kids can do math at grade level. Nationwide, 85% of Black eighth graders, these are 13-year-old kids, can either read nor do math at grade level. Half can even do basic reading, which means a substantial percentage of Blacks in America being taught in these, in these government schools are functionally illiterate. Yet the Democratic Party opposes school choice. The studies have shown improved test scores and improved graduation rates because they're in bed with the teacher union and the teacher union adamantly opposes school choice. But I'm, but I'm an Uncle Tom. I'm a sellout. I'm the Black face of white supremacy. And I'm talking about the damage being done by the left to the family, the damage being done by the left to schools. And look at all these riots that took place in, in the summer of 2020. All these Black businesses that were destroyed that will never come back. And studies have shown when you have a riot, it's slows down the appreciation of your property values. And as a result, uh, what they're all left always talking about, generational wealth, generational wealth gets hurt. 
Yeah, r- really great stuff, Larry. And I did see the documentaries, Uncle Tom. I did an interview with Chad O. Jackson. Uh, right. And one of, one of the fascinating things about the documentary was seeing uh, the black families in before the civil rights movement and, and before the feminism movement. And you see that the nuclear family between the, in the, back, in the black community was intact. Like they had strong families together. They took pride in themselves. And then all of a sudden, everything just went downhill after the, the civil rights movement had happened. So it, I don't know if we wanted to comment on that there. Well, well, in fact, uh, you look at census reports, 1890, 1900, 1910, a black kid born in Philadelphia, Chicago, was more likely to be born to a family with the mother and the father in the house uh, than today. In fact, during slavery, Alec, a black kid was more likely to be born under a roof with his biological mother and biological father than today. By the way, when I said that on, on Fox and Friends once, headline in, in one of the left-wing publications was, Elder says Blacks were better off during slavery. Mm-hmm. No, Elder didn't say that. I, I just simply said, you're more likely to be born under a roof with your biological mother and biological father than, than now. What does that say about the welfare state? What does that say about the hammer that the Democratic Party and the left has taken to the nuclear intact family? That's my point. Yeah. And, and, and it is, it's so true. And, and meanwhile, you know, you would think if you ask somebody, was America more did it have more racial problems in the 50s and 40s or today? They would say back then. Well, then how come the black community was doing so much better as far as the nuclear family staying together than today? It makes no sense until you actually start to look at what's caused all these problems. But it, it is an epidemic, not just in the black community. It's in the ca- ca- Caucasian community. It's in the uh, Hispanic community. And if you right. look, we talk all the time about the negative statistics that it brings. But if you look at the positive side, of having the father, the top earners in this country, the Asian community, the Indian community, they are the ones that are striving. And what a, what a coincidence, they happen to have the strongest nuclear families in the country. So it all goes right down that line. You'd go Asian, Caucasian, Hispanic, African-American as far as top earners. And then it, it just follows down where the fathers are in the home. So to not make the connection and to not make it talked about, and that's why I love what you're doing with your campaign, because if nothing, you are bringing the awareness to this issue. And I wish more of our sports celebrities, our actors. That's why I inter- I've interviewed so many of these guys just to say, hey, be an influencer, an ambassador for fatherhood, for family life. We need these rappers, these uh, these uh, movie stars. Step up and talk about how great of an experience becoming a father has been and stop with all this nonsense that you're selling to the youth in America. A- absolutely. You know, we look at unemployment rates. Uh, the unemployment rate in the black community is twice that of the white community. However, if you look at the uh, employment rate of a married black man, it is the same as the unemployment rate for a white man. So when you get married, uh, it creates all sorts of incentives for you to be behave more responsibly. Speaking of athletes, years ago, I, I, I did a show and I talked about uh, LeBron James, how he had had a kid outside of wedlock. Uh, and uh, fast forward, he married that woman. Uh, they've had other children. Uh, I've never heard one hint of scandal, uh, yet he never seemed to talk about that. One time when there was a, a black man named Armin Arbery who was shot and killed, uh, uh, LeBron James said something to the effect of black people are afraid to leave the home, as if that happens frequently. It is rare whenever that happens. Instead of talking about the fact that he stepped up, he married the, the mother of his children, he's still married, they've had more children, not one hit of scandal. He never talks about that. Uh, and it, and it's, it's, it's a lost opportunity. It really is. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And and so another one of these I want to hit you with real quick is because the homelessness has gotten so far out of control. I know you're out in California. It was interesting I, when I was out there covering the Super Bowl and interviewing the players about fatherhood t- two years ago when it was in L.A., 
uh, I was in, in, a, in an Uber with a bunch of people, of uh, cameramen from uh, England. And I asked them as we were going through L.A. And the whole, it was unbelievable how, how many homeless. And I asked them, I said, you got homelessness like this so over in London? You know, they said, if you would have asked us yesterday, we would have said yes. But we don't have anything like this. Like they were so shocked at what they were seeing. And this is America here. But the homelessness, right. it's not just in California. It's all over the place. So as president. What can be done? Now, we say, oh, first of all, I want to say, Larry, we think of homeless. We think of like during the Great Depression, families camping out in Central Park because right, they couldn't find right. work or they lost their own. That's not what we're seeing today. The homeless today are drug addicts and mentally ill people. That seems to be the majority of homeless people. But how do you address it from the White House? What do you do? By the way, little, little known stat. I'm in California. California is 6.5% black. 40% of the homeless are black. There's a connection clearly between fatherlessness, uh, uh, broken homes, uh, and and uh, and what we're seeing on the streets. Wow. But we have to make a decision as a society. Are we going to allow this to take place? It's not good for anybody. It's not good for them. It creates crime. I'm told that every homeless female has been raped. The only question is, how many times uh, has she been raped? Uh, it's it's a it's a health crisis too. Uh, so we have to make a decision. This is unacceptable. If there is a bed. You shall get off the street and go to that bed. If you refuse to do that, you will go to jail or you'll go to rehab because many of these people are mentally ill or they're on some sort of drugs. Those are your options. A bed, that's available, jail or rehab. And that's it. If we're, unless we're prepared to say that whenever you start pulling people off the streets uh, and, and forcing them to go to beds or forcing them to go to rehab, forcing them to go to jail, there's a lawsuit from the ACLU uh, and, then, and then people back down uh, and nothing gets done. You're not going to build your way out of this. Uh, you, if you if you build something for a homeless person, there's no guarantee that person's going to go there. Uh, and all you're going to do is create more incentives, more people to be homeless because they get a free home. You have to give them a choice. Either you get off the streets, you go to rehab, uh, you, you go you go to where you can uh, get some mental help, or you're going to go to jail, uh, or you're going to go to go to bed. One of those options. If you're not prepared to do that, then this problem else will never get solved. Yeah, it's, it's something's got to happen, Larry. Just this past weekend in New York City, had a guy on a scooter randomly shooting people for no reason. An 86-year-old guy just walking down the street lost his life over nothing. And it's because some guy that is oh, mentally ill, should never, has an illegal weapon. And it's just people are so sick and tired of seeing the same thing. So one thing I know is we got to get Biden and the Democrats out of the White House. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we, so I, one thing that I do love, too, on your campaign, you're not the guy taking slices at other candidates. I know we've seen that coming on. I, I, I you know some people say, well, iron is sharpens iron. I don't know. I don't agree. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. I think we should all be focused here on getting this guy out of the White House as soon as possible. So I want how has the campaign trail been going from you? What's been the feedback and what is the message here of the campaign? The message is I need to get on that debate stage next month in Milwaukee. To do so, I need 40,000 individual donations. The donation could be as small as $1. And I'm short right now. So go to my website, elderforpresident.com or larryelder.com. Just $1 to get me up there on that debate stage. Once I get up there, it's game on. Hold my beer. I'll be talking about the epidemic of fatherlessness. I'll be talking about the the absolute meltdown of public education uh, in urban schools. I've been talking about the lie Democrats keep pushing uh, that America is systemically racist. A lie, by the way, that's causing the police to pull back. It's called the Ferguson effect or the George Floyd effect. Uh, And there are literally thousands of people who've been victimized by violent criminals or who are dead in the last few years who otherwise would not have suffered if the police had been doing their normal proactive policing. And the people primarily are hurt by this are the very black and brown people, the people on the left claim that they care about. These are the kinds of things I'm going to be talking about on the campaign trail. If I'm fortunate enough to make that debate, I need 40,000 individual donations, as little as one buck. 
Well, let's get it. I mean, I'm going to do my part here. You got my donation. I want to see up there. I want to see these issues being discussed, and we got to bring them right to that debate stage where they belong. So God bless you for what you're doing. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Larry, uh, what kind of word, positive word of advice do you have for that new family that is out there that's seeing all this catastrophe happening around them? What's the message you have to that new family considering about starting having kids and stuff in America today? It's still the greatest country in the world. It is a country where to the fullest extent in, in all of human history, you can realize your God-given potential. So I know that it sound depressing. The news sounds depressing. The two-tier justice sounds depressing. Uh, wokeism is depressing. This uh, the fascination with calling people uh, Nazis and fascists if you don't agree with their agenda on transgenderism. All these things can be depressing, but recognize this is still the greatest country. And if we do our job, if we act responsibly, believe in the right values, uh, we can still move this country forward. We still have our best days ahead of us. I still believe that. Yeah. Amen. I love the message. The link is down below. Get over, donate. A dollar is all it takes. Let's get Larry on that debate stage. Uh, Larry Elder, it's been an honor to talk to you here. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time on the Outlay Show. My pleasure. You know where to find me anytime. All right. What, what an absolute honor to have Larry Elder, presidential candidate Larry Elder, join me on the podcast on the Alec Lay Show today. Get over to Elder for President. That's elderforpresident.com and help him get to that debate stage. We definitely need it out there. And, and it's, it's crazy to me how the left continues to attack the nuclear family and looks down upon nuclear, looks down upon men in general, uh, but just looks down upon the role of the father as he's an inconvenience or he's just uh, an unnecessity uh, in our culture and in our society when it is trivial to get dads in the home. We are destroying our culture. There is no such thing as a successful civilization that's got a fatherless crisis that looks anything like ours. So we've got to turn it around. And if anything... If anything comes from it, it's the awareness that Larry Elder brings to the issue. Now, I've interviewed several other presidential candidates. If you go to First Class Fatherhood, you'll see that I interviewed Ron DeSantis last year, as I mentioned to Larry during our interview. Uh, I also interviewed Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, and and I always bring this up. And, and you know, as a matter of fact, when I interviewed uh, Vivek, he had me on his show, and I gave him the rundown of all these stats and all the craziness that's going on with the fatherless crisis. He incorporated that into now his presidential campaign, which was humbling for me to see, and I, it, it, because it matters, and I really want to see it. I don't understand why we don't see it from the left and from the right. This isn't a, this isn't something that's a, a political issue. This is an American issue. We need the American family to be strong, or there's nothing worth saving in this country. Nothing is going to change. So you hear me harp on it all the time, and I'm not going to stop harping on it because we need to do something about it. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it's the number one social issue. And I think parents are the underdog in this country. You've heard me say that. I think the nuclear family has been under attack, and until we restore it, uh, God help us, because you're, you're never going to change, especially these Democrat cities. And, and, and as I asked Larry, why in the world does black America continue to vote for Democrats, despite the fact that all these Democratic cities have had zero improvement in not just the last year, the last five years, the last decade, the last 50 years? Nothing's changed. And yet black America continues to vote for Democrats. It's mind-boggling. And then they call a guy like Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. Boy, it really is aggravating. Get over to elderforpresident.com and help him get to that debate stage. Again, it was an honor to have him on the show. If you enjoyed this uh, broadcast here on Rumble, please share it, leave a comment, leave a like. 
Uh, make sure you tune back in on Thursday. I'll be here live again at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, brought to you by MyPillow. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. Uh, Mike Lindell's got that 20th anniversary sale going on over there. You could save big on the original MyPillow. Obviously, as I mentioned, the the mattress topper, my favorite. But you can, you know, I, I have the... The bathrobe, the slippers, all the products are high quality, and 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 you're you're never going to be disappointed with a my pillow product. All right, so get over to mypillow.com, use the promo code Fatherhood, take advantage of the savings over on the website. All right, so that's all I got for you guys today. Again, if you missed any of the previous interviews, I've been blessed. We're we're only about a month underway here on the Alec Lay Show. I just changed the backdrop, if you notice, so it's not you're not seeing the first class fatherhood backdrop anymore. Some of the guests that have been on the Alec Lay Show here: Senator Josh Hawley, Carrie Lake. Uh, Judge Janine Pirro, uh, David Harris Jr. Got to get Larry Elder right up there. Got to get, get him on the board. So we're building up here, guys, and I'm doing it with your help, but I can use a lot more of it. So please help me share the broadcasts. Help me share this podcast, and let's get it up there in the ratings over on iTunes, and let's really get the message out there. All right. God bless all you listeners out there. God bless this great United States of America. God bless our first responders and our military, and I'll catch you guys here on Rumble Live. Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow me over on Instagram at The Alec Lay Show for all the upcoming guest announcements.